Hi, friend. You are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, a podcast created especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is Janelle Wood, and while I have a background in counseling and ministry with women, the truth is I've been through my own seasons of questioning my faith. So if you've ever struggled with not being sure where you belong, or you felt like you were faking faith, or maybe a friend just shared this episode with you and you are feeling a little wounded or skeptical of all things God-related right now, welcome. This podcast is just for you. Finding Something Real is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. My passion is Jesus Christ, and for me now, After having been through some real ups and downs on my own faith journey, I believe Christ is the hope and the answer to this world more than ever. But don't take my word for it. Listen to my friends as they share their own grace-filled journeys with you. My prayer is that if you haven't already, you'll find something real too. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And you are listening to season five of the podcast where every month we are talking with a different young woman at the beginning of the month and then uh, later on chatting with different guests about the questions or objections to Christianity that she brings up. And today I'm super excited because I am chatting with someone that I've never met before this very day. We've only communicated over Instagram. And um, I I know a little bit about her because she filled out the survey um, on my website, but I'm going to be getting to know her as you're getting to know her as a listener. So um, I will mispronounce her name. So she's told me that I can go ahead and call her a nickname. <laughs> but please welcome to the podcast. Leike. Leike, welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited you're here. Now, say, will you please share your real name? Okay, okay. So the full, I want to say the full name, but the full name is 19 letters long. So um, what I go by is Bemileke. The full name is Oluwa Bemileke Aye. So (laughs) Bemileke. (laughs) But for for this, uh, I think Leke is fine. (laughs) For the American audience. (laughs) Yes, yes. For Janelle. <laughs> so Leke, <laughs> do, do your friends call you Leke or Bimi Leke? Um, so some people call me Bimi Leke. Some people call me Bimi. Others call me Leke. Um, so even in Nigeria here, for some people, it's still a mouthful. So it's not like it's just an American thing. So some people just prefer to call me Leke. Okay. So you, here. so you live in Nigeria. Is that where you're from originally? Yes, yes. I'm from Nigeria. Okay. And mm-hmm. for those of us who have never been to Nigeria, would you share a little bit about your country? What does what is it like? <laughs> okay, um, I don't think I've ever been asked that question. I'm always <laughs> around Nigeria. So, what is Nigeria like? Beautiful. Um, it's filled with a lot of um, energetic beautiful really really smart people and i I don't think i'm saying that because i'm nigerian you have a lot of strong-willed people um and talented people so um there's a bit of chaos um yeah maybe the the political landscape but in general i think that nigerians um are really good people i know that there's some bad bad press out there sometimes about like um internet fraud and stuff but um that does not in any way like make up most of the population of Nigeria. Everyone that I know and I'm close to is a hard worker doing legitimate work. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're looking for a fun time where, you know, even even among Africans, people say that we're loud. <laughs> but I, 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 don't, I don't think we are. I just think that we're energetic. So I would say energetic. So if you ever meet a Nigerian, um, expect a lot of energy and expect a lot of bragging so we'll brag about our jollof rice which if you're here um there's an there's a war between a war in quotes between <laughs> Ghana and nigeria for who has the best jollof rice which originally is from senegal if i'm not mistaken so it's funny how nigeria and ghana are, you know are trying to fi- figure out who has the best jollof rice when the original um, country isn't doing that but um 
We have lots of great music, um, Afrobeats, international superstars, um, fashion icons, artists, etc. So um, yeah, if you're if you're looking to explore Africa or specifically West Africa, I think that Nigeria is a place. But oh, and there's a lot of us, by the way. We are, are the most populous Black nation on earth, 200 million in Nigeria, and I don't know how many outside. But yeah, wow. We, yeah. I don't think there's any country where you won't find Nigeria. And we take our food wherever we go. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I missed the word, uh, the battle between you guys and, was it Ghana? Ghana, Uh, yes. Is it Jello Rice? What is it? Jollof. It's Jollof. (laughs) So, J-O-L-L-O-F. Okay, Jollof. So, Jollof, yes. So there's Nigerian jollof rice and then there's Ghanaian jollof rice. And of course, Nigerian jollof rice is the best. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> if you're Ghanaian listening to this. Sorry. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. So I read a book one time and I think the author, she was in uh, Uganda, but she was talking about the red dirt of Africa. Is uh, the dirt red uh, in Nigeria? <laughs> Well, that, that's a really strange question because <laughs> I live in Lagos and you, of course, they're like on like on tad roads in some places. So I don't necessarily go around looking at red dirt. <laughs> so the last time I, I saw red dirt, I went to like a, a smaller city that was like um, less developed, but no, I, I, I don't know that red dirt of Africa is a thing okay. in Nigeria. So there's red sand in some places, okay. you know, but it's not, it's not everywhere. So you live in the city. More. Yes. Okay. I do. Okay. And then what do you, like, what do you do? What, what is uh, your occupation? Are you a student or? Okay. Um, so I manage communications for a startup here in Lagos. Um, or, oh, that's one thing I didn't mention when introducing Nigeria, we're the hub for of technology startups in Africa. Lagos in particular is the hub for technology startups in Africa. So mm. there are quite a number of startups here in Lagos and I lead communications for one of them. Wow. I'm, I'm learning a million things I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be a pseudo encyclopedia. Yes. It's fine. Have, have you ever been to the States? Have you ever traveled here? No, um, I haven't. I. I've never been outside Nigeria. Yeah. Wow. So all my all my travels have been within Nigeria and not outside. If you ever came to the US, where would you want to go? Have you ever thought about that? Probably Texas because there are a ton of Nigerians there. So yeah, just feel like it's an extension of home. And I heard that the weather there isn't so cold. And Nigeria is hot. So I'm like, yeah, so I don't have to bother so much about the weather to Texas and it's it's huge so (laughs) yes it is um okay so like I would love to hear more about your upbringing because obviously I I mean maybe there's people listening who are from Nigeria maybe some friends of yours or other people uh, that I'm not aware of but I would gather the, the majority of people listening to this right now um, are totally unfamiliar with your culture, which I think is so fascinating because, like I said, I'm learning along with them. Um, so tell me a little bit about growing up in Nigeria. What was that like for you and what was unique for you and your family? Okay, um, so my childhood in, you know, Nigeria. Um, I'm the last of four children. Um and my dad used to work um, with the university here in the southern part of Nigeria. So I was born um, on campus, university campus. So um, we stayed in the staff quarters. So we're surrounded by you know children of lecturers and professors and things like that. Um, my parents were. <laughs> I've always been really big on education. So. I didn't spend much of my childhood playing. Um, it was reading. I, I think the earliest gift I remember getting was The Wizard of Oz. So for my fifth or sixth birthday, and my mom bought it for me. So um, 
it was I was just such such an avid reader as when I was a young child because my mom would always buy me books. Um, and so books are like a fond memory from my childhood. But then um in retrospect, that's that 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 was about you know all the fun that I had because um my my father is should I say was abusive like physically um so <laughs> there was just a lot of <clears throat> there was just a lot of um as we say in Nigeria drama um it was trying to avoid being beaten or just trying to avoid trouble from him and so um that saw us move to different cities in Nigeria and then eventually my mom left him like um 18 years ago yeah so she left him like 18 years ago and um, she started taking care of all of us as um by herself and while i would say that we weren't affluent when we stayed like on the university campus we were comfortable right um yeah my mom did a lot of the heavy lifting and even you know paying the bills and stuff but like we're comfortable and so when we moved we moved from the southern part of Nigeria to a city in the northern part of Nigeria uh, where we knew absolutely nobody like zero nobody um so it felt like I was plunged or we were plunged into like an entirely new environment I don't know how to describe it in in a way that <laughs> your audience will understand but imagine um maybe staying in a place like um what country will i use now so imagine living in europe europe say um i don't know germany or hungary or something and then you are taken to okay so nigeria and and not because i i think that nigeria is a step down i'm just saying trying to tell you the difference culture wise and environment wise and the fact that you know absolutely nobody there and so it just felt like I had been plunged into <laughs> the sea or something. Um, and so it was it was not the best of times. I think as a child, I was depressed. Now I can say I, 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 I was depressed. I didn't know what it was then. But um, yes, again, I still had like a very strong, my mom made sure that I was really good with my academics. So even in spaces where I felt like left out because maybe we didn't have that much money, um I would intimidate other children with my grades and my smartness so I'm like okay yes my mom doesn't have that much money um but I'm smarter than you so <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's that so yeah that's it oh and my mom was from a, a Muslim family so and my dad is originally Catholic so would go to the mosque on Fridays and then um go to church on Sundays and as a child it was actually a lot of fun because I felt like I had the best of both worlds my grandparents on my mom's side were Muslim and so when they're like doing like the um like two two major um Islamic um events or should I say festivals we have Christmas and Easter they are, the um e events are called Eid so that came with a lot of feasting right so there was a lot of meat and there was a lot of food so <laughs> i got to enjoy christmas and easter and salah as well so it was cool yeah <laughs> so yeah wow so a, a couple follow-up questions to that um have you maintained a relationship with your dad after your mom left or was that uh 18 years ago or is he is he no longer a part of your life um i have maintained a relationship with him i think all my siblings apart from one we to be honest i think that all of us have some form of re a relationship with him but for me last year i stopped actively engaging with him because um i just realized that i felt like even though he wasn't abusing me physically it felt like I was a victim of emotional abuse. So, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. yeah, literally not contributing anything to my life. I don't hate you. I don't wish you evil, but I shouldn't be living in fear or anxiety just because I want to maintain 
some a semblance of a relationship with you so even i stopped talking to him um last year yeah but yeah did your mom ever remarry or was she a single mom for the rest of your upbringing no she never remarried so um even now she's not married to any other person so they are not like um officially divorced Hmm. so technically i would say that they're separated but my dad has has another wife and they don't have any kind of you know relationship so um she raised us as a single mom yeah and then you said that for a while you were going to mosque and church uh, which it sounds like involved food. Uh, <laughs> I love that your culture loves food because I love food too. Um, and, uh, and and I think that's a universal love, but some people appreciate it more than others. Um, so when your mom left your dad, did you guys stop going to church on Sunday? Um, no. Before we left my dad, there was a time that... Um, long story short, I think it was one of the times where he was trying to, you know, beat or somebody at, at view source. We had left the ca- campus at the time. And so we ran into a church. Um, it's it's not like your regular Nigerian church. So even in Nigeria here, a lot of people are skeptical about it. Um, it's called Celestial Church of Christ. They, they wear white garments and when they're wearing their garments, they don't wear slippers. They don't wear like shoes, any kind of shoes at all. And so when you're in the church premises, you have to wear like the whites and then you don't wear, you know, um, footwear. So um, they kind of helped my mom, who again at the time was Muslim. And so she started going there. So we used to go to church and when we were younger, we used to go with her. But I think when I was like maybe nine, I was I told her that I didn't want to go there anymore. And so myself and my Indian elder brother started going to another church. Hmm. So a regular Nigerian Pentecostal church. That's where we used to go to. And we didn't have to wear white. And we didn't have to walk barefooted. So, <laughs> so tell me a yeah. little bit about the cultural... Um... Like I, I talk a lot of times with people who are from Europe and they tell me like culturally, uh, you know, we live in a post-Christian culture. Most of the people I know are not Christian. I have a different, in my mind, view of Africa and uh, and about, because I, I haven't been to Africa. I've been to like the Philippines and I've been to Costa Rica and that's a totally different culture as well. Um, but it's in the Philippines, uh, there was a lot more of Catholic and Christian and Muslim, and it was all kind of intermixed, but most people that I encountered had some sort of faith. What is it like in Nigeria? Um, Nigeria is definitely not post-Christian um, or, or post-God. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know, know that I have the stats to back this up, but Nigeria is probably one of the most religious countries in the world. Um, um, a lot of our public holidays in Nigeria to celebrate religious events. So Christmas, New Year, the Eids, like I mentioned. So um, so there's like kind of like a 50, 50, 50 divide between like Christian, Christianity, Christianity and Islam. So um, it depends on where you are. So in the north, it's mostly Muslim, but then you still have Christians who are from the northern part of Nigeria. Then in the south, it's predominantly Christian, but again, you still have some Muslims who are from the southern part of Nigeria. And um, like I said, Nigeria is a very religious country. So there's a lot of talk about God in God willing, by the grace of God. You know, there's a lot of 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 God in the lingo of the average Nigeria. If that, that hasn't necessarily um, translated to, you know, um people acting out the god in like good characters in some places so um someone may take a bribe and then can go and say that god blessed him mm. at work you know so <laughs> i'm just saying yeah. it's it's very religious but then that doesn't mean that the religion it necessarily bears fruits in the lives of um, some people you some people are fraudulent and they'll tell you it's God that's best in their business. You know, and mm-hmm. they sincerely believe. <laughs> that's what they believe. <laughs> so, yeah. 
How about you? Did you always believe in God? You you shared that you were an avid reader. You had uh, parents from different faiths. You also had a dad who professed Christianity in some form, but also hurt you. So tell me about your personal faith journey. Um, I think like your average Nigerian, God is woven into the fabric of our being. <laughs> the question is how you want to express who God is to you for the average Nigerian. Um, so again, like I said, I used to go to child, um, church or when we stopped going to the mosque, because I mean, when my mom um, started going to the other church, so we stopped going to the mosque. Um, so I've been going to church, you know, since I was a child. And um, so I probably given my life to Christ maybe like 30 times or something, because, <laughs> Maybe you do something bad and then you go to church and they're like, okay, is there anybody here that you can altar call? And then I come out, I'm like, God, forgive me, something, something. <laughs> I did that a lot of times. Um, I did too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, I think 16 or 17. And I think um, I, so I got into a relationship I knew I shouldn't have been in when I was in the university. Um, and so and before getting into the university, a friend of mine from Sunday school was like, who was already in the university then? It's like, morality won't save you um, because I was the good girl. I was like the best in Sunday school, probably the smartest around. And so um, I just thought he was trying to rub the fact that he was already investing in my face. And I was, I just, I didn't pay attention to him. And so I would say that my faith journey started properly like in 2012 um and um as a child recently I was thinking about how I've probably always had been some sort of skeptic right um so there are songs you sing in Nigeria like Christian songs um or even regular songs. I think there's a song by Don Moyne where he's singing, God will make a God will make a way where there seems to be no. So as a child, I couldn't understand it. I always felt that people were talking nonsense. There is no way. <laughs> Why are you saying that God will make a way when there is no there's already no way? So those type of things were already in my mind, right? So um when I would say that I gave my life to Christ in 2012. There, there are just some things that I saw around me that I just felt like, nah. Um, so Niger Nigerian Christianity is like a mix of Pentecostalism, which I think is the largest denomination, if I can call it that. And then of course you have a lot of Catholics, Anglicans, Methodists and other, um, but for instance, um, it's not necessarily Christianity, but it's like Christian culture. So in the university, we had like fellowship presidents who were students as well. So they used to head like the fellowships. And then we would have to, there's this thing where people call them Papa. Or if it's the sister's coordinator, you call her Mama, just like, okay, Papa's father, and then Mama, Mother. And I'm like, this guy's like three years older than me. There's no <laughs> way I'm calling him. <laughs> papa or calling my mates mama so those kinds of things to say um or they'll say okay so you can't wear trousers um or if you belong to certain um units in the fellowship maybe bible study or prayer units you can't wear it's trousers or you can't wear certain fabrics and i just i didn't get it because i lived in the same town where my university was and i was saying that even if i wanted to obey this rule here Immediately I crossed the school gates, I would wear my trousers. So what, mm -hmm. like, what was the point of doing all these things? And so my hair is dyed now, you can see that. Um, <laughs> um, my investment was very conservative, even for a Nigerian university, both on the like Christian side and the Muslim side. So I would dye my hair and I was probably like the black sheep of the fellowship, mm -hmm. you know, I would dye it and probably was the only one who had dyed hair in school at the time. Um, so... <laughs> people would say that I was a rebel because uh, I, I kind of refused to conform. Mm -hmm. I even served as like a, an executive member in the fellowship for one year. And the second time when they wanted me to serve, I was asked why I didn't want to serve. And I said that 
I couldn't keep on wearing skirts because as an executive member, you couldn't wear trousers, right? So even if regular members of the fellowship could wear trousers to, you know, to lectures and stuff, you couldn't wear trousers. And I told them that for one year, I can't do it anymore. Like, I hate skirts. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so um, there were just those instances or when they would say, you know, you have to cover your hair. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. So this is, th- those are the things that, they just I, I found I found certain things mind-boggling um or you go for fellowship that typically what should be for two hours but then the spirit would move and so the two-hour fellowship would turn to a four-hour fellowship but I'm supposed to still be in the four and I'm just like what is wrong with you people <laughs> this thing is two hours you've exceeded your time I'm going I'm going back to my hostel you know um there's that or the um the, you if you have to sow a seed so if you give god like give if you, if you give a certain amount of money for offering and um, the more you give the more you have like breakthrough which is is it's a whole thing here in nigeria mm. i didn't get it mm-hmm. why it's got the money doubler why why are you telling me or somebody will say so nigeria's um currency is called the naira don't give God 50 naira. Your God, God deserves better than that. And I'm like, did God tell you that he doesn't want to collect my 50 naira? How, what if that's my 50 naira? So, and this, this wasn't just with fellowship, but then the phrasing in general, how Nigerian Christianity is, the culture. And yeah, a lot of things didn't just sit right with me. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's, what, yeah. that's what it was like in the university. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> so much of what you're saying resonates and also um, reminds me of a book I just read by Philip Yancey, Where the Light Fell. You should, so oh. good, so good. Um, I love I'm Philip Yancey. I'm reading a book by Philip Yancey, yeah. sorry. Uh, for whatever reason, I haven't finished reading it. It's Finding God in Unexpected Places. Yes, that's, that's, that's a great oh, older one that he wrote I think I've read part of it but um and I love the Jesus I never knew and what's so amazing about grace but this is his memoir and he talks about going to um Christian college and encountering a very similar uh you know restrictions and asking hard questions and kind of being labeled a black sheep um it's really uh fascinating yeah. so how about <laughs> now like a what where are you at now in your faith journey? Um, I think that because I follow a lot of American evangelical slash reformed people, people who are part of the reformed camp, I, I now know that what I was going through um, or what I went through after school is called was it's called deconstruction. It's a fancy no offense to the um, Americans. I feel I feel like <laughs> there's this drive to give give a particular name to everything <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so i'm just like so yeah so i think the fancy word for it is deconstruction so again i had all these questions even when i was in the university and so um there's this thing that we do in nigeria after the university compulsory one-year service it's called um, national youth service Corps, when you are sent to any state in the country and most times you have to teach mostly in, in the rural areas and so there you have like uh fellowships as well and so someone invited me for fellowship i was like eh? <laughs> i had fellowship for five years in the university i will not commit to a fellowship again for another one year mm. and so i stayed clear of fellowship I, I used to go to church but i wasn't as active as i was in in, in the university and again i was like there were just a lot of questions on my mind and I prayed about it. And so before I left the university, I started, I think I stumbled upon um, John Piper. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, I saw, you know, him talking about um, Christ, Christian hedonism. God is most glorified in you and you are most satisfied in him. I yeah. think that's, that's a famous line. Yeah. Um, and so I finished serving, which is what that one year compulsory things is called. And I was searching for like a church. I wasn't just comfortable going anywhere. For me, church should be like home, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I went, 
I started working in another city in Nigeria, Nigeria's capital is Abuja, by the way. And so uh, I was in Abuja and one day, I was already going to another church, but then one day I was jogging and someone handed me a flyer, which is a normal thing. They give you like a church flyer and you know, tell you, invite you to church. Normally I would just, you know, take the flyer home and trash it. But I had been praying for like um, a church that I could call like home. And so I went to, uh, for church service the very next day, which was a Sunday. And I never stopped going to that church um, all the time when I was in Abuja. Um, it was still like a Pentecostal church in quotes, but it just felt like pe the people were real. It's not a really big church. I don't know that they're up to 200 members, but, and then the pastor seemed like an actual human being. He cared so much for me. The, the, the members cared so much for me. I just remember that I was someone a call one of them who, who who until now reaches out to me and I thoroughly enjoyed my time there uh, but then I still didn't feel like theologically I agreed with some of the things that were done now I would say that the church didn't have the what I would term the excesses of your regular Nigerian church but theologically I was I, I don't think that we're in the same place and so I spoke to my pastor and he he recommended a few resources. Um, one of them was systematic theology, not the one by Wayne Grudem, the other one, I can't remember who wrote it. Um, I think I read a few pages and I realized this thing is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> because they were just, it was so academic, the assayity of God, the, I don't know. I mean, it felt good because I, I think, again, the thing Americans or Westerners trying to, give a name to a particular thing it's not necessarily a bad thing because you see that you're like yes this is it i believe this totally and so that that sparked like a new way for me so i moved to lagos took a job here my my answer is long-winded apologize Sorry. i apologize for that but it's an entire story so i moved to lagos here and i was staying with someone and um again i still felt like the need for church for me and so I went to a number of churches and it just was, it just never felt like I found home. Um, so during the pandemic, um, uh, we're on lockdown here in Lagos. I stumbled upon a, a video on Instagram um, by a church. It was this pastor explaining what is the gospel, if I'm not mistaken. And, and I was like, hmm, interesting. So I went to check him out on um, YouTube and Instagram. And I was like, uh-uh this this looks um this looks more like it and so when lockdown restrictions were over here in lagos i visited the church and so that's where i've been going to ever since so it felt like i finally found home mm. and so at that point i would say that i was probably what americans would term reformed in my theology and in how i saw God or like related to him but then I was thinking that that was the end it felt like at some point oh yeah and the thing with Rabbi Zacharias happened which gutted me because I loved Ravi like I used to watch him and like mm -hmm. this is it you know at, I think maybe in 2019 or 2018 I actually was thinking of saving money for to take courses on um, the IRZIM, I think he has like some courses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but then I followed. I started following a lot of reformed folk on Twitter, and I saw some conversations and you know just the back and forth and the debate, which a, a lot of debates. I don't know if some people don't have a day job, but okay. <laughs> and, and I was just like, uh, so apparently this is not a camp thing, you know. I'm not going to sit down here and be proud of a badge, evangelical, um, reformed or Presbyterian or something. And so even now I recognize that my faith should not be, be built on a person or a particular institution. I mean, outside of, outside of Christ. Um, and so I kind of moved from, oh, I think there's this thing where reformed 
people some some people do where you start correcting everybody like ah you're wrong especially to your everybody's wrong you're wrong you're wrong and which of course we, are, we we shouldn't we shouldn't turn our eye against um on things that are false particularly as relates to christ but then that cannot be all that you do mm-hmm. telling everybody that they're what time do you then have to live rightly right so yeah that's that's the whole thing so right now um in my my journey i would say that i'm in a phase where i am contemplating contemplating what i know to be right and how to live it out and then still trying to process the the various things that happen you hear of the indiscretions of some church leaders um you hear there's just there's debates on particular you know um, doctrines in theology and sometimes for me it's overwhelming right and so I think that so last year I had like an appendectomy so after after surgery it felt like my faith had almost come to a standstill like it was there but it just felt like asleep if I don't know if that's the right way to 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 um um explain it so yes i was in a church i am in a church that i love but then i'm asking is this all um so now i've moved from wrong theology to right theology is is this all that there is yeah yeah and um that's kind of like where i am and in recent times i've been praying um you know, that restore to me the joy of my salvation because I, I I don't, I think you can get to a point where your faith is, if you're not careful, a concept. Mm. I don't want my faith to be a concept. Um, I want it to be real, right? I want it to, so I, I think, again, for, there was also this disconnect where I'm like, Okay, so I get this concept. So how does this now apply to me? How do I now live it? How do I now derive joy in God in doing this? Because if it's the conceptualization, I, I seem to have gotten a, a, I mean, it's a lifelong thing of trying to understand, but I seem to have gotten that bit settled in some way. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's where it's, again, long-winded answer, I apologize. But, no. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful to hear your story and um, I'm just amazed at your continual pursuit of the Lord too I mean I there's it's funny I mean you live in a completely foreign culture and there's so much of your um, your journey with Christ and, and wrestling with those questions and wondering you know uh, I, I don't want it to just be a concept I want it to be real uh, I mean, I, I relate to that, and um, I think it's really, it's beautiful because I often remind myself of in Scripture where it talks about, if you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I often am like, God, just give me more. Just give me more of you. I want more of you. Um, yeah. So uh, I want to get to uh, some specific things that we can talk about with some guests. Um, okay. And um, I I kind of... Based on um, the things that you shared in the survey, I, I put down a couple of questions, but let me know if you have something else in mind. Um, okay. One would be uh, how, I'm sorry, how can faith de- deconstruction be healthy? Is that, would that be a fair thing to address? Yes, yes, yes. So again, some people that I used to follow, I don't know if you know Joseph Solomon. Um, Who is it? And Joseph Solomon um, used to be like a he he's a creator on YouTube. Okay. And then um you just hear people talking about the construction, but then the construction and then they leave the faith. Yeah. And I'm asking like I'm asking, does this construction have to be a bad thing? Yeah. And then even when people you know deconstruct away from the faith, how do you still maintain a relationship with them? Because I mean they're human. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not believe what you believe anymore faith wise but um because again i don't know anyone personally who has the conscious crash that i mean i know a few people who have and i still call them friends so i'm, I'm just thinking 
do they have to become outcasts? How, what's the, how do you just relate with such people? And then how can deconstruction not necessarily be a bad thing mm-hmm. that takes you away from the faith, from faith, but then how can it be something that probably enhances faith or like gives you like a, a whole new, you know, vision of what faith is? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. Um, and such an important topic for right now. Um, this other question, how do you deal with dissensions in church? Like people believing different things. Is that, um, was that something that you wanted to talk about or, or see talk, talked about on here? Okay. Yeah. So, well, um, I don't think that if we're, if we are giving labels to it, I don't think that I identify or fall under the Nigerian Pentecostal camp, mm-hmm. but then while I believe some elements of, um, reformed theology, there, there are things that people don't necessarily agree with. So there's, for instance, complementarianism, and then not everybody agrees with it. And for, um, some people, uh, how do you then like disagree? Again, surely when it's not a, um, so my, at my church, we, I don't know if it's just like in my church thing or it's a global thing. So they're like primary, secondary, tertiary issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third level issues that don't necessarily, um, um, mean so much so do you believe you and i believe that jesus christ died on the cross he rules and every and i think that if we respect each other well enough and maybe even people respect their spouses well enough while i may not hold to a certain doctrine or belief how do you hold that intention to say oh i believe this and oh you believe that but we don't have to be enemies at each other's throats so, yeah. Yes. How do we deal with that? I, I think that's a great question. I think it's one that needs to be talked about more, to be honest. I Have you heard about Redeeming Love, the movie? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I read the book when I was uh, um, maybe like 12 or 13. Um, but I haven't seen the movie. It, it, fantastic book. I think yeah. Francine Rivers is something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. there's all this hoopla about the movie and uh, all this controversy. I went and saw it the other day with our exchange daughter and um, the girl that I'm supervising from France, and we loved it. And I just thought, oh, I mean, can we just agree to disagree on some of this stuff? Okay, so then you didn't actually ask this question, so I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth um, with this one, and we could go a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would be interesting to see and talk to someone about what's the difference between Islam and Christianity. Um, is that something that you've already, I mean, for you, you've already addressed in your personal life, but is yeah. it something that you would want to see addressed on here or or no? Um, I think that personally, I've already kind of, I've, I've kind of done both. <laughs> so I think that even logically, I would go with Christianity. Um, how how come going... for somebody listening, if we're not going to address that, I'd, I'd like you to, why did you choose Christianity and not Islam? Christianity, someone died for me, Jesus died for me and took my sins and then guarantees me a spot in heaven or a spot with new heavens and a new earth. Islam um, do good deeds you may or may not get into paradise there's a whole it's it's so much of a gamble right and then for me I think that Christianity makes in fact the Bible makes a lot more sense because it is divine but I feel like in some ways it's human because more than one person wrote it that across different generations so I will not trust I don't think that I'll personally trust someone who alone for the most part comes up with an entirely new idea. I don't know if that that's just how I process it to say, okay, so different people, you can, you can draw a line and make connections in history as to 
what Christianity is now. And I know that for some people, that's that's the issue they have with Christianity. It feels like you know, there's just too many people and too many rooms for error or anything. But I think that lends credence to it because you are allowed, you are that confident in what you are saying that you are allowing people, flawed people who, and sometimes when, when, when I hear, like I read Bible and like Abraham, father of faith, how? <laughs> he denied his wife twice. You, you don't write that just to, could say, blindfold on people and hope that they will come to you. The only reason why you write that is because you know how, should I say, ridiculous. But the only thing ridiculous about it is that it's human, mm-hmm. that is. And that you also want other human beings to buy into this as well. If Abraham can be the father, the, King David would would have been cancelled <laughs> in 2022. So, and probably rightly so. And so I'm just saying that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what 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 third thing could uh, would you like me to to address here on your behalf this month on the podcast? Um, I, I would say maybe how, I don't know, should I say how to heal from like hurt as a child? Um, again, like I said, my childhood wasn't necessarily fun, but then you grow up as an adult and then you realize just how deep the hurt is. And it's not just emotional. It, it's, it's in your response to people. Um, for instance, even now, I'm not very good with um, authority over me, like male authority or just whoever, even if it's not male. So um, when when I think, oh, I would love to have a mentor, I just don't know how it works. Um, I just, there are many things that I don't, you know, understand or don't necessarily don't come naturally to me just because of how I was raised. How do you do, deal with the after effects of a traumatic childhood? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really fair and it's a great question. Um, and then I, I think too, this won't, I don't know that this would be a separate episode that would play, but um, you brought up like <laughs> that feeling of uh, when it, it just feels like your faith is asleep, right? Like, I'd love to talk to somebody um, in the midst of these conversations about how do you raise th- that sleep to life? You know, yeah. how do you wake it up? Yeah. Um, yes. And and maybe that's just a common thing that we should ask of the guests that come on this month and mm. ask them, what do you do when you go through periods like that with your faith? Because I think everybody yeah. does. Yes, yes. Um, and sometimes for me, it feels like I'm praying and I'm like, God, you know, like, let rivals rise again or something and then it just feels like yeah this isn't working it feels like it's getting worse and sometimes it's just a struggle to read your bible because it's like what's the point Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) you know um yeah yeah, but then there's still the odd prayer here and there and the odd bible verse here and there so it's not like you have lost faith Mm -hmm. it's almost like you've lost faithfulness i don't know yeah yeah you lost feelings you know i think feelings are Mm -hmm. yeah We'll definitely mm-hmm. be asking some of those things this month. And then final question for you. I I hate to cut this short. I mean, we've been talking for a while, but it feels short because I've really enjoyed talking with you. And I think we're just going to have to like schedule a real coffee date <laughs> over <laughs> Zoom sometime. Um, yeah. But, and I'm sure you've heard this before. By the way, how did you hear about this podcast? You, you live- I, have no, I have no idea. Um I probably just opened um, Google Podcasts and wow. saw it. And yeah, it's probably one of those times where I'm praying to God and I'm like, yeah, God, I really need something. And then I, I need something for my faith and for my doubts. Because, okay, I think I started listening to Finding Something Real during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm like, I need something. And God, miraculous, because again, I don't know anybody who listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, you know from america or anything and so it just popped up and i liked the name at the time i was looking for again like i said finding something real you go through those phases where there's like ups and then like downs and so yeah yeah that's oh, awesome 
So the Finding Something Real podcast, as you know, like a, is about a journey towards finding something real. Uh, real is an acronym for restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. All things that as Christians um, we believe can be found in the ultimate way with Jesus Christ. Um, of those things, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love, which stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? Mm. Uh, restoration. Uh, okay, I would get restoration. Um, because of the hope that, um, things will get better. But then also because there's a testimony of things that have happened in the past when I was like in a, in a, in a place where I felt like, oh, um. I need newness or something or i need like a, a breakthrough i just think got to come come through for me and i've seen it happen but in general i really 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 love that um we get eternity really appeals to me i mean I, I tell people that if i hear a blast and i see jesus coming from the clouds now i would be exa- i would be excited and the first thing i'll ask is what, what took you so long <laughs> um Yes, I, I would thoroughly, I can't wait to see what the new heavens and the new earth um, are like. Um, and so it's great that this is, we're getting a do-over <laughs> of some sort. So yeah, I really love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for reaching out to me and thank you for listening. And I'm just really excited to talk to people about these things and I hope you get to join me. I know we're on completely different time zones. It may not be possible, yeah. but... Um, who knows? Maybe we will. And um, I look forward to checking in with you later. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I think I jumped at the opportunity to be here because I've kind of like been envious of everyone who's been on the podcast. <laughs> so I was like, this is my time to shine. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you are shining, girl. Until next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with him. Until next time.